Um, yeah, just, you're an idiot. This episode of the podcast, we discuss tonight's mouth-watering Premier League clash between Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal going from bad to worse, the most boring Manchester derby of all time, future Ballon d'Or winners, the dickhead of the week, and who we think is in contention for the title this season. Sit back, relax, crack open a cold one, it's time for four manks, one toffee, There is a um, there is a top of the table clash on Saturday. Yeah, it's mm. it's going to be a good a good game. Wait, hopefully, it's not even Saturday, is it? It's fucking tomorrow night. It's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a midweek. It's a midweek fixture, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, yeah. Well, it'll be, this part will be out tomorrow, so it's tonight. Yeah, uh, Spurs v Liverpool at Anfield. I saw that that you posted earlier about uh, what Mourinho said about the interest. <laughs> He's done. It was similar to that one that he did in the past, where he predicted the uh, was it the semi-final squad? Yeah, Chelsea manager. It was similar to that. He was basically calling out Jurgen Klopp's team ready for the game. Brilliant. <laughs> He's the master of shit isn't he? Yeah, he did a good job at Spurs, though. Well, it's one-one. Walls have just equalised. I think I think he's doing a great job at Spurs. I think it's his best. His best turnaround of a team like since he came to us, really. I mean, he took he took us from a really really shite team and took us a second in the table. And I think if he wins tomorrow, are they favourites for the title? Based on what Son and Kane are doing up top, and they've got the defence in order, I think there's no reason that they can't. I mean, they're they're racking up assists. Their pairing is assists and goals. Is you know we don't have that many partnerships these days up up front, do we? Where they link up like they did back in the day. Those two seem to be clicking really well. Like if you look at the other the, the other people at the top of the goal scoring charts, like Calvert Lewin, he's not got anybody else backing him up with goals or assists consistently. Even yeah, Vardy. Funny. He's not really, not really got like one specific partner, has he? Not up, up top. No, he's on his own, isn't he? Really, like Inacho comes in, but he doesn't, he doesn't contribute. No, he re- he rarely gets started, doesn't he? He comes on as a bit of a, bit of a yeah. super sub, impact he's, player. City fans yeah. once said he was better than Marcus Rashford. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think I said a, a, a few podcasts ago about this run of fixtures Spurs had. And how they would do in these sort of fixtures would, you know, you could look back as a, a pivotal point or time in the season. And I think they've come away with a, a draw against Chelsea away. They've beat City at home. Um, I mean, they had a bit of a, a shitty result at the weekend, was it? Palace away. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't really win that one at the end. I mean, a couple of glorious chances at the end to win that. Um, who else have they played? I'm sure there's enough. I'm sure I've missed one. Um, I'm not too sure. I think you. I'm yeah. pretty. Oh, is that it? Yeah, and then they've obviously got Liverpool 
tomorrow night away. Oh, Arsenal. Yeah, that was it. That was the one. That's easily forgettable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, if you get a result again against Liverpool tomorrow, whether it be a draw or even nick a win, I mean, you look at those fixtures and you've, you know, 10 10 points or so from a possible like 12. I mean, it's... Good you know, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a good return against teams that are going to be there and there about the Arsenal and Palace but you know the Chelsea um, City and then Liverpool you know you could probably argue then would they go favourites you could probably say yeah yeah with the, with, especially with how Mourinho plays and away from home against the big teams mm. gets a draw or tries to nick a point away from home and then just you know Beat, the, beat the, uh, the lower league team sort of at home and knock up the points there but be I interesting tomorrow that way to say like wherever Mourinho is after 12 games in almost all of his seasons that's where he finishes the tight the table mm. really yeah and like the top now so like, it's a yeah. consistency thing with him it's interesting to look at as well because you've got if say hypothetically Spurs beat Liverpool tomorrow and then Leicester who playing your boys aren't they I believe yeah, they've, they've got us yeah Yeah. so they, they could win that all of a sudden you're looking at Liverpool being sat in third mm-hmm. uh, Chelsea could have really piled the pressure on the, I mean, the drawing at the moment but they could have probably Liverpool Southampton can go into second or third if things go the way Southampton are just a joke at the moment and I keep forgetting about them on fantasy football like I, I keep wanting to bring in like a Ward Prowse or a Danny Ings or something like that I just think, like, how long can this last for? I don't want to do it because it'll be the week that I swap somebody in from Southampton that they start getting a run of losses, expecting all this good fortune to come to an end. But then every week that I don't do it, they rack up another win. (laughs) They are a joke this year. I said it in the group chat the other day. I do think next year they they won't be doing this again. This is a one-off season. I'd I'd like to see them make me eat my words because it's great to see other clubs you know, challenging for the top spots like Leicester do and Wolves do. But I just, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if they've got that squad depth that can keep up for a couple of years. Like you look at the likes of Liverpool and City, they've got, a, you look at the bench and it's world-class players that probably cost about 150, 200 million. And then you look at Southampton's bench and it's probably worth about 40 million. combined. Yeah. And that City will have one player that's worth more than that on the bench. The argument against that, though, is they, ever since the 9 0, they're like one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Um, this, they're currently sat in fifth, could very well be second tomorrow. And they've not had Danny Ings for what, six to eight weeks? Yeah. Like, it's, I can't, you've got to give them fucking credit. They've yep. been brilliant, haven't they? They've been brilliant. And not only have they been good at scoring goals, they've been really tight at the back, really difficult to break down. That defence is just so strong. Yeah. So it's going to take a a really big push from any big club, any team in that Premier League to beat them. It's going to take, you know, some effort. And I don't think a lot of the teams can actually put that effort in these days because some of the results we've seen, like that Tottenham result that you were talking about, Dale, is Palace. Massive points drop for them that if they really want to push for that title, those points that they dropped there could be crucial. Well, they yeah, were, I mean, I, th- I think Palace's keeper, it, I think he pulled off some 
couple of worldies in like the last five minutes. I mean, one was a free kick from I think Dyer, and then there was like a um, Harry Kane with like a five-yard bullet header. His reactions was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was like he had no right to save that. So I mean, they could have easily won that at the end, but fair play to the keeper. He'd... That's what he's there for. That's what he gets yeah. his yeah. for, isn't it, mate? I feel like he had to make an up to do because I don't think he should have really conceded the goal. He, he was about 35, 40 yards out. I know it, it didn't really move too much and I think that's what threw him off. I think he was expecting it to move and it just kind of stayed straight. He's a decent keeper, Guaita. Yeah. Uh, very, very good. Palace have been my surprise package. I think Didn't I said... Didn't we ride them off? Didn't we ride them off at the start of the season? Like, bottom three? I definitely did. Yeah, I'm sure we said that they could have been like third off bottom. Yeah. And like, they're 12, but if they win the next game and results go their way, they could be sick. Yeah, arguably their performances have been better than their position. I think it's just because of how tight the table is. Mm, if yeah. you look from, from West Ham, who are sick on 20, yeah, and you go to Newcastle, who are 13 on 17. Yeah, it's only one win, really, that's the difference between a lot of clubs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, bad. it's, it's such a tight table. Um You've only really got to go. Even the relegation battle is three or four teams. Brighton on 10, Burnley on 9, Fulham and West Brom on 8 and 6. Arsenal are only one win in front of them all. Yeah. Arsenal, God. Oh. What what has gone wrong with Arsenal? What, what is up with Arsenal? Like? Brian and Xhaka. Yes, it keeps on giving. I was, I was listening to something today. Some Somebody was talking about how... Um, Arteta needs to be given more time. You know, they need to be more patient with him. He's won silverware. They're still using that old excuse, or he's won silverware. I'm not being funny. If I was an Arsenal fan, right, I would want to see my team in the top six where they belong. And I would trade in that charity shield and that FA Cup in an instant to see them back up where they're fighting for Europe. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care about one FA Cup if it meant that I wasn't worried about my team getting relegated. I mean, yeah. they won't, but they are dangerously close to those positions, and it is a worrying sight for Arsenal fans at the moment. I mean, it doesn't get any easier tomorrow. They've got uh, Southampton. Yeah, I know. With, with no Bellerin, no Kolasinac, no Tierney, no David Luiz, no Party. Might as well have no Aubameyang because he only scores goals against his own team. Oh. You were saying about fantasy football earlier. I finally took him out my team this weekend. I finally realised, yeah, this is the time I've locked on. I need to do it. I'm yeah. locking all. He finally found the net. It was the wrong one. <laughs> what What would he have been on on fantasy football for an on goal? He'd have definitely been docked points. He'd have been minus, wouldn't he? He'd minus one, yeah. <sighs> Mate, that is the ample time to get rid of him. If he, if he's getting your minus and he's not been getting your goals. Like yeah. for six, seven weeks. Imagine, <laughs> time, imagine that was a tr- triple captain move as well. Oh. <laughs> oh, at home against Burnley, you're thinking if he's going to break, you know, if he's going to he's going to get his goal and what now? Now, you know, against Burnley, oh, might have been the game. Some poor soul, some poor soul is triple captaining him <laughs> yeah. this weekend. It, oh, the weekend been, just gone, Annie. Would it have been minus three for a triple captain on him? Would he? Would they have tripled the minus as well? Um, I'm honestly not sure how it works with that. That would have been interesting, though, wouldn't it? Like, whatever score he gets, it gets I mean, tripled. Minus one, boom, minus three. It should absolutely be like that. 
that'd be great. That's salt in the wounds, that isn't it? I saw that Lee, Lee triple captain Salah last week, and I bet he was sweating when it was getting towards the end when they were one 0 down. I, I captained him. Uh, I did captain him. I did tell you what, they were lucky against Fulham. You know, did you just catch it? I, I all I've seen is highlights, so I didn't see the full oh. picture. Full oh, credit to Fulham. They should have won it based on what you said. They had a good four, like three or four chances before Liverpool got a goal, didn't they? Yeah, Alisson had a really good game. Um, pissing me off, really, because I, I keep writing him off and he keeps on proving me wrong, so fair play. Yeah. But another team would have been home and dry by that point. Like It could have very, very easily been 3-4-0 or nil by the time that, Fulham got, that sorry, Liverpool got the penalty. And mm. the penalty was just outrageous. That Kamara, who is built like a British shithouse, and he just turned his back when he was in the wall. Like, if you're in the wall... Take one on the head, to like just mm. don't concede. Poor, yeah. really, really poor. I think Parker will be absolutely fuming with that. As good as a point is against Liverpool, oh. I think raging. Yeah. Sorry, Wolves should have gone two one up there. Oh really? You know, you know what, right? Ben Chilwell, great left back, absolutely yeah. brilliant. You don't often get good left backs. Probably not seen a decent English left back since Ashley Cole, but I think well. No, no. No, I think you're right. Like Luke Shaw was, yeah. was getting there, and then he's yeah, into- he's he sort of hit hit a wall, didn't he? And I, yeah. don't get me wrong, I think he can still do a decent job now, but he's not really hit the heights of say like Nash the Cole, who was world class. No. I mean, we put him in our top eleven of all time. A lot of us, don't we? But I think Shilwell's the real deal. I think he's a great player. But do you want do you want to know who's not a great player in the Premier League? We've we've said it before. Timo Werner. Oh my God. He's had three or four sitters tonight, and it's he doesn't know what to do. It's like a panics last minute. He sort of like overruns it, underruns it, pulls you know pulls when he should pull the trigger. He doesn't. He like pulls his foot out, and he doesn't doesn't know what to do. And for somebody that was banging him in in the Bundesliga, I don't understand what's changed. He's lacking confidence, or something's not quite clicking for him. I mean, I know he scored goals for Chelsea, but tonight he's been woeful. I'm surprised he's not been subbed off. Well, I scored four. In 12. I mean, that is one in three, isn't it? It's not. It's probably not what you would expect for him, but it's still not a dreadful ratio. No, but for a striker that's cost you 50 million, yeah. who was the top scorers of the last few years in the Bundesliga, who then goes away to Germany and does it consistently. Mm. Four in 12 suddenly becomes very, very poor. Yeah. And when you've got Giroud scoring four in one Champions League game. <laughs> what a fucking striker. Yeah. How long has Lee been saying that Giroud would be the perfect signing for Everton? Years. He really would. Like, he has been a good three or four years. And he really would. I'd snap him up to partner up with Calvert-Lewin. He'd be brilliant, I think. I think he's outstanding, me. I think he's one of them strikers that's really gone under the radar for a lot of people over the years. Mm-hmm. And he, now France's second all-time top goal scorer. Yeah, and I'm fairly certain he scored for Montpellier. I'm sure it was Montpellier before he transferred over to Chelsea. Uh, well, it wasn't Chelsea, was it? Before he transferred over to uh, Arsenal, was it? Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's, he, he banged in like 20 odd goals in the in the French league as well. For yeah, two oh yeah, he's been a for that. Yeah. He must have been doing it for a long time as well. If he's the second top goal scorer for France and you think about how many amazing strikers they've had over the years. Yeah. 
But yeah, he's what? He's 34 now. Yeah, he's probably like in his last year or two where you can really get something decent out of him. Well, I don't know because he was never reliant on pace. So, like, he doesn't, he doesn't need pace. So, he's, if his legs go a little bit more, like, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because he's still, it's his movement and his positioning. Yeah. Oh, penalty Wolves. Penalty to Wolves. Oh, it was, it was James as well that gave it away. <laughs> he's a great player. He's a great player, that James as well. I really rate Reese James yeah. a yeah. lot. I rate him, but he was daft giving away that penalty there. There was no need to stick a foot in. Oh, it no, might be free, right. actually. It looked like it was outside the box. I'll let you know. Great start to the uh, predictions midweek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that. It was looking good at the 2-1. All of the pictures then, just to see if any of us have gone with Wolves. Uh, no. No one. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think everyone's done two one Chelsea. We've got, yeah, everyone's two one apart from me who went two nil. <laughs> yeah. So it's not already not looking good for you. <laughs> one mate. He's gone out here. <laughs> I think it's so still running point. away with this. I did see I've not seen the table recently. Is he still about thirty points clear, whatever he yeah. keeps <laughs> Collins is doing well, but it's a long season. Don't give up, mate. He's about ten points ahead of me, and you're only a couple of points behind me. So, oh, Mate, I just can't. I just can't even get a correct score. <laughs> you know what? I get I get the result. Is it's a dive, and even if he doesn't give it as a dive because he's looking at the screen, it's a free kick. So, right. don't don't worry about your predictions just yet, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> you stay one-one as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> don't be like that now. Don't. Be like that. <laughs> No one wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I don't think we did particularly well on the predictions last week. Not many correct scores. No, I, I know from my own experience it was a um, nil point. Nil point. Yeah, it very much nearly was nil point. <laughs> yeah. I think I got one correct score and maybe a couple of correct results, but I was I was checking and I noticed that. I was doing better than most. <laughs> I got, I got, needed it. Wolves Villa wrong. I think I got Newcastle West Brom wrong. Manchester Derby I got wrong, which I would have got right if um, Pep Guardiola decided to play Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, how shit was that game though? Come on, it was, it was fucking awful. It's got to be one of the awful games. One to forget now, straight away. Yeah. Do you think that would have been the case if we had fans in there? You know, whether it be just, you know, 2,000, 4,000, whatever. Whatever it may um, have been. But I think we would have seen... lacking summer. It was definitely lacking summer. We would have seen a few more media challenges, but in terms of the football that was played, I think both teams went out not to lose. And I think it was very clear mm-hmm. that both teams went out not to lose. Um, which is more... I think the onus is more on, I know we were the home team, but it was more on City for that game there because they were the favourites. They are still one of the best teams in England. And they came out and just looked, they looked timid and scared. If it wasn't for a VAR and Rashford being offside, like we would have had a penalty. And we, and we would have just shot chop at that point. And their chances that they made were, they were nothing really. I think De Gea made one save. I think Edison barely touched the ball. Very, very poor game. Yeah. That's the sort of game where, really where Ollie should be thinking, you know, I've got my crit 
I've got my critics. A lot of people are not quite sure if I'm up to this job. What better way to really show them that I, I am capable of running this club? Let's go out there and, and put on a cracking performance against our rivals, a team, one of the best in the world, one of the best in England. If we can beat them, then we're really showing that we, you know, we shouldn't be written off. Yeah. And then you're getting a nil-nil. And as you've explained, boring, one to forget. It doesn't really make all the doubters, all the critics think, yeah, we've probably written Ollie off a bit too soon here. Let's give him a chance. Now they're just going to heap even more criticism on him, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think if if we'd have lost it convincingly, I think I'd agree with that point there. I think a point for us is better than a point for them. Like that that result definitely favours us more than it does them. Based on how they've been performing as of late, because they seem to have gotten their shit together, I would agree with that. Yeah. Not only that, like they're still considered title contenders. Yeah, even even based on the the poor results they've had earlier on in the season. But, and that, I think it was the first derby that we started above them since like 2015 or something. Mm-hmm. Like as much as, and we've won a fair few derbies in that time. But in terms of Premier League positioning, yeah, the city has been blue for a while now. So I still think if they're a place below us and they can't beat us, but they're still considered title contenders, so where does that put us then? Like, it's an interesting. Really, one. You've you've got to be considered title contenders yourself, really. I think. I think so too. I, I think a lot. I, I still don't look forward to Everton playing Man United. Never have done. Never, never will do. I just expect Man United to give us a good idea every time we play you. And I know so, sometimes we manage to scrape a draw out of you, but I can't. It's been a long time since we managed to get a, a, a convincing victory against Man United. It's probably back back when Moyes was in charge. Then you beat us four 0 the year. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up, but that was the one I was thinking of. It's ingrained in the memory, mate. <laughs> Trust me, those ones are at the front of the uh, the memory uh, bank. <laughs> I think you're right. I think I think we definitely should be considered title contenders. Um, do I think we'll push? No, but we are only five points off the top with a game in hand. Yeah. We, we, look at the teams above us. We beat you. We've beat West Ham, we've beat Southampton, we've we drew against Chelsea, um, which we should have fucking beat Chelsea. Let's be honest, that game, that was the next most boring game I think I've watched all season. <laughs> that was a bad game, yeah. Yeah, uh, Leicester we've not played yet, which I, I think we'll beat them as well. As as high as they are, they, they, it's Leicester. Like they don't pose any threat really. You know what, right? They're a bit dodgy, Leicester, because I know that they've had some cracking results, but even going into our game against them. I'm I'm still sort of quietly confident that we can get a couple of goals against them. Even in my predictions, I predicted a two-all draw, but I was half tempted to give us a two-one win. I don't blame. I know that might be optimistic, but I'm just, you know, I've seen quite a few Leicester results this season, and they are a bit wayward sometimes. But the, the then again, what team isn't this season? Mm. Like, I just can't predict half these results. But the one that sticks in my mind is the fact that they went to Liverpool the ultimate chance to go and stick one on the title favourites. And they were dreadful. They were absolutely dreadful. Yeah. So we've got them. Then we've got Liverpool to play, which is going to go one or two ways. We're either going to pull out an Oli Masterclass and turn up against a big team, or we're going to get absolutely trounced. And then Spurs dick to a one. When have you got Liverpool? It's close to Christmas, I believe. Mm. 
That's what um, I'm thinking. Based on what you said there, it sounds like it's going to fall near Christmas, which will be brilliant for Christmas time. We Oh, wait, no. Um, we've got... 23rd, we've got U's. Oh, great. Our Christmas is ruined. Boxing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Day, we've got Leicester. Oh, sorry. That's the uh, the cup game, isn't it? The cup quarter. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cup, yeah. 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 The Boxing Day is at Leicester. We don't play Liverpool until the 16th of January. Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh, and that's the, that's the last game in our 18. Or 19, sorry. So then we go to the Liverpool and fix okay. yeah. mm. You know what? Right. I'll repeat Kevin Keegan. I'd love it if you beat them. <laughs> I would. I would love it if you beat them. Because I know that there are Everton fans that don't like United fans, but I'm a big fan of United fans, as you probably gathered by me being part of this podcast. My mum's a United fan, but uh, the mutual hatred for Liverpool is real. Yeah. <laughs> we should be together, how much like that should be the one thing United fans for Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know, Dale. What are you thinking? Are we can we really be considered title contenders? Uh, I, I want to say yeah, but I, I really I don't think so. We're just too inconsistent. That's why. You know, I mean, I I mean, I thought the game against City was there. I, I thought we I thought Ollie could have took a little bit of a risk. Myself, I thought this was. I mean, I don't watch City all the time, but it was it was one of the poorer ones I've seen City play, and I thought there was possibly a chance, you know, to actually go at them um, a little bit more. And I was just I was just looking for him to do a bit more of a take a bit more of a risk with a sub or something, just to try and actually go and win the game when they, you know, when we could see it's not actually you know going sort of City's way. But um, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, I just think we're too inconsistent. I mean, we've got to cut out. Obviously, conceding first uh, or conceding early. Um, anyway, I mean, you can kind of get away with it, possibly with it. You know, some of the the, the, low, the lower teams, but as you've seen in the Champions League the other week, when you get you, get, you do that against a, a better quality team, it's it's difficult to get that back. But yeah, I'm still aiming for top four. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the, the gap will be a lot closer, obviously, because you know Liverpool and. There's no, there's not going to be a team that's going to be getting nine off points again no. this season. So the gaps, the gaps definitely getting clo- going to get closed. But mm-hmm. like I say, I think Chelsea are looking good. Liverpool are still there. Spurs seem to be getting the results. Um, I think, I think we'll just probably fall, just sit behind them a little bit. Um, City will probably improve. Uh, but I, I think I, I think they're sort of similar results. I think they're a little bit inconsistent at the minute. I mean, they had a couple of decent results, but they played Fulham and Burnley at home, you know, the last couple of weeks. So it's bumped them up the table a little bit. But and they've got West Brom. Yeah, like that's so, an, I mean, another pace then. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd still aim for top four. I mean, I don't think I don't think I don't see any any issue with that. But I think would you be happy with that? Um, yeah, 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 what? Yes. Yeah, fourth spot. If you give me fourth, I'll take it. Yeah, only because of the resurgence of Spurs. I think fourth is a good, a good spot to take now because of how well Spurs are doing. I mean, they finished yeah. sixth last season. Mm. They're going to be hard. They're not dropping out in the top four. I think I'm, you're, probably, I'm you're looking at Leicester dropping out again. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think Leicester are quite at it I don't, this year. They, obviously, I've got to back up what I've just said. I know Gary Lineker said if they go on to win the league, he'll wear those Leicester boxers this year. <laughs> but I think he can safely put those in his drawer and forget about them. It's not happening. <laughs> um, I, I think that fourth under Ollie with no silverware is a bit disappointing for, for Man United. From an outsider's point of view, I think you've got to be you've got to be looking at silverware. I know you're still in the Carabao. Um, I know I don't please, but the, yeah, the Carabao is a tin cup in it. Like nobody's asked about it. Yeah, Not I mean you could <laughs> you could you could already argue it's disappointing already. I mean we we've gone out of the Champions League. Do which... you go into do you go into the Europa League now because of going out? Yes. Yeah. yeah we've got uh, we've got Sociedad's top of the La Liga. Top of La Liga. Yeah. Nice. That's because yeah. that's because they've got David Silva now. Arguably one of the hardest ties on to get them. <laughs> mm. It's it's just funny how David Silva's gone over to Sociedad and all of a sudden the top of La Liga. Yeah. Like City let him go too soon, I think. I watched the uh, I watched the Madrid Derby on weekends and Atletico were really, really poor. Real really put bottom to the sword. It's typical of Atletico Madrid though, isn't it, to bottle it in the derby? The the, uh, the I mean I've I've watched the Atletico and the Real Madrid derby a couple of times over the last five six years and it always seems to go to Real Madrid and obviously they they had the two legs over the semi final the Champions League as well didn't they where Real Madrid took it and they had the final as well yeah where they were winning until the eighth to ninth minute and then lost it four one in extra time was it your boy that got the winner. Uh, no, we got the equaliser. That was it. That was it. Equaliser, mate. <laughs> the best. I know he had some input in it. <laughs> of course he did. King Sergio. Yeah, no. Um, I think I slated the Europa League during the summer. But if you offered me fourth in the Europa League now, I'd probably take it. I think the Europa League's a lot stronger this season. I think there's some good teams that have been relegated from the Champions League. I mean, fuck me, Real Madrid almost got knocked out into it. Yeah. Real Madrid like, have been dodgy in the European competitions, haven't they? They've struggled with some bad results. Yeah, Real Madrid are sort of like City for me. Like, you know that they're always dangerous. But this season, like, this season, they've just not, and last season as well, they've just not been the consistent Real Madrid that I expect. And obviously, it's got some to do with Cristiano leaving and going to Juventus last year. But Zidane's somebody who knows class. So he's, he's going to rectify that issue. They've got plenty of money. They've got a good calibre there already. You don't get rid of Gareth Bale if you've not already got class to fill the void. And he didn't play him anyway, so... Well, this was, this was it. This is the first season they went under in about, I think they said it was over 20 years, where they've not signed anyone. Wolves oh. have just gone two one up. <laughs> have they really? In the ninety fifth minute, literally ninety four fifty. I mean, but predictions tables so upsetting. Zero. <laughs> lucky, lucky friend. What was I saying just a minute ago about Chelsea? will be up there, you know. <laughs> Chelsea have looked good. What I be saying about Wolves? Uh, you know what, mate? United have got to be in contention. If you're looking at all these other clubs, <laughs> you just you can't call it. It's a great strike as well. Yeah. No, I think I saw it the day. It's like 
they've not signed anyone for the first time in 20 years during a summer window. And it was like, like it was Guillaume Balaguer, I think he was on a podcast, I can't remember if it was that or not. And they're saying how much that the coronavirus has really affected the Spanish clubs. Yeah. Even the, the Queen's club, like they're really struggling. So they've had to save all the money. I reckon they're going for a full full pelt for Mbappe next year. I think <laughs> like it's that. Tr- it's got to be. It's got to happen at some point. <laughs> like it's absolute destiny that he moves there. I don't care what these scouts these fucking things that he's joining you in for. There's absolutely no way in hell that they can pay his wages. He's taken that throne that Ronaldo left. Yeah. That's the thought. That's he, a sketchy thought. He grew up, didn't he, with posters and Ronaldo all over his bedroom wall. He obviously wants to take the mantle off his idol. Yeah, he's, I, been link, he's been linked with Real Madrid since he moved to PSG. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, imagine being his age and you've, you've just had a move from, what was it, Monaco to PSG for, what was it, 160 million or whatever figure that was. And then three or four years later, you potentially could go to Madrid for arguably, what, the same amount, if not more, by the time you're, what, the age of, what, 23, 23? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. He is world-class, though. You don't don't get many players like him, do you, in in a, a lifetime. He's, he's capable of being up there with your Ronaldo's and your Messi's. We've been fortunate to be blessed with those two. We've had some great players as well when we were younger with your Zidane's. I even remember Paul Gascoigne when I was a kid. Ronaldo. We've had some great players. But Mbappe could really, really push it to the very, very top. The, the thing that I think Mbappe is going to lack, which Ronaldo and Messi had, was each other. I don't think Mbappe's got someone to keep pushing him. I mean, we've discussed it before with Ronaldo and Messi where they wouldn't be as good as they are without each other. Yeah. I don't see who else is on that level that Mbappe's on. Neymar's not there. Like, he's too inconsistent. Joel Felix maybe in a few years. I mean, he looks like he's really performing this season, but it, it's still only one season. He was really, really poor last year. Mm. Griezmann just hasn't lived up to it since he's moved to Barca. And he's, he's closing in on 30 now, I believe. So I don't know. Erling Haaland, maybe. Haaland is probably the ha- one. Haaland's a good shout. He's consistent. Insane. Proven goal scorer. I was worried for when he went to Dortmund that he wouldn't be able to cut it, but he's proved me wrong. Yeah. He, he, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Dortmund now that they've got rid of Lucien Favre. Hmm. I've just realised that we're, Chris is going to have an absolute field day recording the intro to this podcast because we are literally all over the fucking show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, no, there's no structures in this show. We talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have, have Dortmund been doing, you know, I've not, I've not kept up with that, the Bundesliga. Have they, have they just, have they been like seriously underperforming this season? Is that like, I mean, yeah, been... I know they got stuffed at the weekend, was it? 5-1 or whatever it was. I've won to Stuttgart. Yeah. Yeah, they sat in fourth, which it doesn't sound horrific. Mm. Like, they're only they're three points off the top, but the teams in front of them have all only played 11 games. But I've watched them and they just don't... They're not firing the way they used to. They're not playing the way they used to. Um, this system that Favre's trying to get in them just doesn't seem to be working. I mean, they're winning, they're winning at the moment. Which, yeah. what are they I mean, now? Yeah, they're playing Werder Bremen, which, I mean, let's be honest, most teams beat. 
Um, well, the, the same thing happened with Bayern Munich, wasn't it, last season? With Kovac, yeah. You know, they, they, were, they, were, they weren't doing badly, were they? I mean, they, they was about fourth or fifth, weren't they, at the time? I mean, three, three, three points off the top. All right, manager's gone, see you later. And then absolutely cruised to the Bundesliga title and... You know, the we, saw, we witnessed we witnessed all that through the Champions League. You know, it's just one of the best Champions League performances we've ever yeah. fucking. Seen. They started that sixteen-year-old tonight, Borussia Dortmund. You, uh, you, uh, you, you see, Is he really that good? Six, yeah, sixteen years. Apparently, he's been bagging goals in under eighteen and twenty-one, fifteen years old, and he played. Yeah, for- on- the, the day after his 16th birthday, I believe it was, they brought him on as a sub. Wow. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. You've got to be world-class to be breaking into a first team in, in you know, proper professional men's football. Like, when I was 16, there was no way that I'd have been able to play against fully grown men. Absolutely no chance. The other one I can think of for United, and I remember the story really well, was when Fergie wanted to play Darren Fletcher uh, when he was 15. He wanted to make Darren Fletcher the most like the youngest player ever. Um, and it, it was literally blocked by the FA because he was still in school, he was still on a school contract. Mm. He was class Fletcher. I love Darren Fletcher, mate. Good Fletcher. <laughs> I saw a, a video the other day. It was something that Mika Richards posted on his Instagram, and it was a tussle between him and Fletcher. And it was unreal because I think Fletcher took the ball off him. And then Mika Richards come back for a second bite or something like that, and it was proper trying to rag each other off. And that's how uh, sorry, that's how Manchester Derby should be, isn't it? Where the where the players are proper battling for the ball, even yeah. just just to get the ball in possession. That's how it should be. When we compare it to what we saw last week, Keno said it, didn't he? He said he's never seen like so many hugs and smiles after a derby game. Like the first the first screen that showed after full time was John Stones and Harry Maguire, just like. Well, like long off relatives. <laughs> I mean, you had, you had one point where Gary Neville would literally refuse to speak to Peter Schmeichel during mm-hmm. one derby because of... Yeah, wouldn't he look at him, would he? Oh, and then you've got Stones... I mean, don't get me wrong, I disagree with the fact that you've got to hate each other because of who you play for. Like, if you're friends, you're friends. If you played in the same new teams, whatever. But there was something a bit off with it, wasn't there? Mm. I, I've got a lot of respect for that, where Neville ignored Schmeichel. When he was yeah. at City, I've got a lot of respect for that. That's exactly how a player should be. When you're in that mindset where you're in the game, like no, there's no friendships in football. What's that? He did it with Phil Neville when Phil was at Everton. I know they stood at the front, both captains of the team, didn't they? And they wouldn't even look at each other, and they were brother, <laughs> obviously brothers. That's brilliant. That a lot of time for that. Gary Neville was a true professional footballer. Not the best, not the best player I've ever seen, and he'll be the first one to admit that. He always jokes about it, doesn't he? With on Sky Sports with Carrigan, you know, like I think Keane said something the other night. He was like, "Oh, we were stuck with you because you were the only right back of the club, or something like that." That was so funny. It is, it is funny because there's an element of truth about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, Gary Neville, great player, and in a great side as well. But I, I do. I do think he was a model professional. Yeah. And as a captain, I'd have wanted him to be my captain as well. Yeah. I'd want, I'd want somebody like that. I'd want somebody that would ignore his own brother. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. I'd want you ignoring your Ryan at the front of the, the pack. 
fucking gladly, mate. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the game's moved on, though, hasn't it? From that, I mean, even that short, I mean, what's that? Ten years or so. I mean, you, I always remember the, the Keenan Vieira tussles in the tunnels and on the pitch. You know, they proper scraps in the centre of the park and it's a the game's just sort of changed completely in yeah. you know that sort of short space of time and you know I think this is this is how it is now isn't it really I mean it's a you've got Keen there in the commentator's box you know he's like this is how it should have been done you know this that this is how we were you know it's, that, that that was good football to watch you know that's that's how it should have been but yeah this is it now, isn't it? It's, this is how it is. It's, it's a weird one. It's like setting an example for the younger generation of, um, you know, sportsmanship and like being friends with people and stuff. But mm. you do fucking miss Roy Keane just screaming at Vieira. Use wait till it gets on the pitch. Yeah. You'll fucking see you out there. Like you really do miss it. Yeah. Fucking classic. I love Roy Keane. I think he's brilliant on Sky Sports. I think him and. I think we said it the other day, him and Michael Richards together, what a pair. I really, really did not did not see that one coming at all. <laughs> I know, I mean they, they had uh, I say Neville and Carriger. I thought that was I thought that was they're, they're a good they're a good little duo. Them two. But uh yeah, I think Keen and uh, Richards are uh <laughs> yeah. They were uh, you have quite a fair bit of banter on them, don't you? So you're good, yeah. Yeah. Good move that by Sky Sports. He's got one of the the most infectious laughs I've ever heard. Oh of yeah. Anyone? It's absolute gold. When I hear him laugh on his Instagram and everything, it's just brilliant. I tell you what, he fucking dresses suave as well, doesn't he? He's always got a fresh trim ready for that Saturday game. Like the man knows his style. Mm. Absolute beast of a man. Um, so, lads, I think we should move into Dick of the Week because there's one. Talking, I'm just looking at the Chelsea result there, and it's just reminding me of what happened last night with. Uh, I would say young Danny Drinkwater, but he's not young anymore. Is he, Danny Drinkwater? Is uh, he now like 27, 28? No, he's not 34. Is he Danny Drinkwater's in his thirties? No way. Yeah, let, let's cross-reference this because um, there's another point I want to bring up after this game as well. Any drink water, <laughs> first, headline is, first thing is the headline I'm going to talk about um, where he basically lashed out. Oh, no, he's 30. Right. So, let's, let's not say 30s old, all right. Let's act <laughs> like 30 still young. Uh, he, he should be in the, the prime of his career and last night he played for the... Uh, Chelsea in the 23s and last out to a 16 year old wow <laughs> that's the equivalent of, of me or Dale lashing out at a 16 year old yeah <laughs> the, the guy costs about 35 million as well you know and it's like you're looking at him and he's, he's been you know he's been around the, the game a while now and he's like you, you think he's some you know a, a, a decent professional you know, then to, uh, to, to leave. I mean, I've not, I've not, I've not seen the, the incident itself, but it's kick out at a, you know, oh. basically, it's a kid in it, you know, a sixteen yeah. year old. But I, 
under twenty three game. It's the, the lad went in for a high tackle, it, and it was a high tackle. Um, but Drinkwater was fine because he got out of the way of it, and it was he was on the floor. He rolled over and swiped at him with his feet. And it's like what what are you doing? He's half your age. I think there's some underlying issue there that he's probably fuming that he's gone from being a Premier League winner to playing under-23 football for Chelsea. Mm. But he chose to move to Chelsea. Well, I'm just looking at his like his career stats here. 193 games at Leicester. And let's be honest, he was fucking brilliant at Leicester. Yeah, he was class. He was one of their standout players. I know they had a, a fair few that season, but for me, he was, he was decent. Yeah. I really he's, rated him. He's played 12 times for Chelsea. Mm. 35 yeah, I mean, I, I, when he when he moved there, I thought it was an, first. I thought it was an absolute bizarre move. I did I did not think um, it would work whatsoever. Straight off the bat, you know, thirty odd million. I thought he's not going to get a game there. Not with not with the, the the talent that Chelsea had at the time, and still have there at the minute. I just he's not going to get a game. Why Why would you go from like I say Premier League winner in the team in Leicester? Who's starting week in week out, pretty much? To I mean, yeah, it's arguably a bigger club, uh, but you know, to to play what twelve times, you just say in however many years, it's, it's it was bizarre at the time, and you know, it's some professionals. This is out, you know, this is the, the way they go, isn't it? Is, is it a bit extra, bit of the, bit extra that? And I'm not asked, you know. I was thinking of players like um, Oscar, who yeah. went to China when he's well, well before his prime. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Like, go go and secure your bag. You know, fair enough. Like, if you're if you're if you're in this game for money and you want to secure your future and your family's future, <clears throat> I mean, I think I think we'd all agree that if we were offered to do exactly the same job, but for more money somewhere else. We'd probably all do it. I think it's, it yeah, it's not even just more money, is it? It's like stupidly more money that China offers for Oscar. If I'm if I'm gonna look at his situation, I can't blame him because I'm sure he was probably on about eighty grand a week at Chelsea, and he was probably getting offered like two hundred and fifty grand a week in China. Where he's on four hundred, I swear he's on four hundred. Yeah. And there you go then like who turns down 400 grand a week I don't know what the tax is like in China I'm sure it's nothing compared to British tax like I, I know that they do get taxed but I don't think it's anywhere near the same rates it would be like your, your, your 20s and your 40% tax like over here but Forbes are saying he's on 25 million salary <laughs> 25 million a year yeah what it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Like he's he's sorting himself and his family's yeah. life out there, and probably not even just his immediate family. That's his like next generation of family sorted, and probably even their kids after that. Well, one hundred percent. Like who can't get by on that sort of money? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I thought the same. Uh, you know, when Barkley moved as well yeah. from, from Everton, Everton to Chelsea, I thought again. I thought that was not a, a weird move at mm. the time. I thought. I mean, I think at the time, I think he had a bit of a rough, rough last season with Everton. I think yeah. he got injured a couple of times, and um, I think he had a failed move. I think in the January or whenever it was, six months prior. But yeah, 
I just thought, and again, I thought at his age, and I thought he's not he's not going to get a game there at all. Really, not going to get a game, and that he's played, he's probably played about twenty, thirty games for Chelsea, and then he's got this move to to Villa. But I mean, he was he was up up and coming at the time, like twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, just think what was a panic one. I think they had a, an English quota to fill, didn't they? Mm. Like Chelsea have always struggled with the amount of English players that they've got. Um and like like you said, they've they panicked, paid thirty five million for someone and just not used him. But that what's that to Roman Abramovich? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Absolutely mad. Uh, but yeah, no, that was my dickhead of the week was Danny Drinkwater. Um and Minoreola as well for obvious reasons. He's just a fucking cunt. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Don't really need yeah. more than that, do we? Mm. I think Dick of the Week, Granite Shaka, has to be in there. Is it, I mean, what he did is, is unbelievably daft for a professional who captains his team. I think he captains his country as well. I can't see why he wouldn't, because he comes from like, was that it? Herzegovina or something like that, somewhere at Kosovo, one of those, isn't it? No, oh, it's Swiss. Yeah. It's Swiss, yeah. Yeah, he's got like two brothers that all play for yeah. Kosovo. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, he's a model professional, or he has to be. What he demonstrated there cost his team the game. There was no way that Burnley, I mean, I, I watched, I, I think, about 60 minutes of it, and I saw the sending off. And Arsenal were on top. There, there was no way for me that Burnley were going to win that game up until Arsenal went to 10 men. And then Burnley had every right to go on to win it. And I'm glad that they did because it just it just solidifies the fact that you can't, in, in this day and age, you can't afford to, to make a silly split decision like, like he did. It's just beggar's belief I just don't, don't understand why a player would do that and compromise his team his, his team who are already struggling as we discussed earlier their chances of getting what should be for them an easy three points like Arsenal should be looking at Burnley as three points yeah. the old the old Arsenal would have looked at Burnley and thought six points a season that there's no way that we're going to lose points to Burnley but these days I look at that fixture and I think Burnley might get some of that and and if not, then Burnley should be holding them to a draw. So uh, for me, Dick of the Week's got to be Granite Xhaka because I just think that he's an absolute pleb. <laughs> I, mean, I call Pretty him lightly. Given like it's not the first time. That that's the that's the worst part about it. It's not the first time that he's cost Arsenal like this. Will it will it be the last time? I don't see him. I can't see him being back in an Arsenal shirt now. But then again. Who knows what that fucking Arsenal set up? Well, he yeah. did that. What was that thing he did with the fans that time? Did he stick when the he, up at the fans or something he, like that? He clapped him and like cupped his ear, I think, yeah. or something. He encouraged the booze. Yeah, like, what? that's no respect for your own fans. I know obviously that's gone, but I'm sure Arsenal fans haven't forgotten that. I mean, I wouldn't if it was one of Ever- Everton's players. Like, especially if it was like one of if it was our captain, whoever our captaincy goes to, sometimes it's Sigurdsson. Coleman, whatever. If it was Coleman, model professional, if he did that and, and cupped his ear to the Evertonians, I wouldn't want to see him in an Everton shirt ever again. 
Yeah, absolutely agree with that. So, so for him to do that, be accepted back into the club and be playing for them consistently again, and then to go and throw away an important three points that they probably would have got, or at least a point, which is disappointing for them, for him to go and do that, I don't understand how... I, it would be, for me, that would be a, a lack of like good management skills from Arteta. He's obviously lost an element of authority there at Arsenal for that stuff yeah. to, to, to take place. So, for me, he needs to, he needs to be gone. Shaka, I'd stick him in the under-23s. <laughs> Do a drink water to him. Yeah. He'd probably go and snap some 16-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. Um, mine's... Mine's actually going to be Jack Grealish because it's come out this morning that he's actually been banned for nine months um, driving um, for, and he's been fined about 80, 80 grand, is it? Yeah. For two, two counts of careless driving. Um, yeah. Just, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's, on the pitch, he's been absolutely fantastic this season. No one can argue with that. He's, he's took his, you know, he's took his footballing form up a, up a notch this season for, for Villa. Um, and I know, I think one of these incidents happened in about March, like this year, I think it was early on in this year, but... You're in lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You just... That's, you deserve that, mate. Dick of the week, sorry. But that's, that's my... Yeah. Sorry, Grealish, but... I'm so glad you brought that up because I was, I was tempted <laughs> myself. He's had a shocker week, hasn't he? Like, done for, done for careless driving. He had that wonderful picture leaked. <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about, yeah. <laughs> if anything, that, that takes away the dick of the week slightly. <laughs> thing is, with Grealish, though, he does make silly decisions because when we were in the first lockdown, he went out to that party, didn't he? And he got roasted. Oh, didn't it? Yeah. So, obviously, when it comes to driving, he should just have a chauffeur, you know, like have somebody take him to things. Tell him yeah. why he shouldn't go to things. The thing is as well, like you could understand if he was a 19, 20 year old kid. Like money money's got to the head, he's just having a good time partying. He's what, twenty-four now? Captain of his club, representing Phil Foden and Greenwood for England. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like like I think Colin said it perfectly a lot a while ago when that was happening. Get the mistakes out of the way early, you know, let them learn from it. Um, Grealish just doesn't seem to be learning from it yet and I, I can never excuse like drink driving or careless driving because it's not your life that you're putting in danger when it comes to that like if you get behind the wheel drunk and that you're putting everyone else's life in danger there and it's just not excusable that like especially for a professional footballer captain role model how many kids have got posted Grealish up on the walls oh loads there'll be loads of Villa fans that adore him yeah, absolutely. And even if it had moved to United or City, it would have been the same story. Like, there would have been loads of kids in Manchester that would have adored him. Yeah. Um, and it's just not, as a football player and a captain, it's not the example you should be setting that. On the pitch, he does set the example. He's brilliant on the pitch. Remember when uh, he got hit by that Birmingham? Yeah. yeah. And he went on to score the winner in that game. Like, there yeah. is no better way on the pitch to prove a point. No. Like, you're in your derby, it's nil-nil, 
fans just run onto the pitch and clobbered you. So you go on to score the winner. That that is how you you prove how amazing you are. And how many Aston Villa fans loved him for what he did there and still do to this day. Yeah. And when he just does these silly little things off the pitch, it really does let him down. Like he is the future of, of English football. Like he will be in the England squad if he if he can continue on this course. Like how frustrating is it for us when we don't see Gareth Southgate picking him? Yeah, he's the one who straight away. Exactly. The first person we look for, has he played Grealish? Because he plays exciting. Mm. Um, I think Lee suggested earlier about Danny Drinkwater as well. I'm actually going to change my vote and I'm going to move to Jack Grealish as well. I think, yeah. I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking, yeah, you are a knob. Um, I'd like to put it to the uh, the Twitter following vote I, I'd like to see a little poll go online see what people think definitely good do shout. that yeah, good shout so we've got Jack Grealish Danny Drinkwater and Granite Xhaka it's a good, and, good selection there we've got three good dicks there Mino Raiola as well yeah spot on that it's a I guess moving from Danny Drinkwater was um, the final thing I wanted to bring up tonight was seeing Petr Cech back in action. Petr yeah. Cech played yeah, Chelsea 23s last night. Has he played, has he? Played last night, mate. It's good to hear. He's, he's obviously a legend of the game. Did great things for Chelsea. Did great things for Arsenal. I think somebody on one, on that podcast even mentioned him as their, their best goalkeeper of all time. Fair play. Well, I mean, he, is in, he is in good company. Like, he is up there as one of the best I've ever seen, even with his helmet on. I was I was going to put that two years <laughs> even with his helmet on. <laughs> I was going to put that two years actually. Like he has to be up there surely. That season where he only conceded what fifteen goals or something like that, like that. Yeah. That if we're looking at an individual season and how like his longevity, fuck me, the guy was outstanding. He was outstanding, but then I always just think like. The defence that he had in front of him was impeccable. Yeah. So, like, you can be a good goalkeeper. Like, Alisson, for example, you can be a good goalkeeper, but when you've got defenders in front of you, like John Terry or Van Dijk, it does make your job a little easier, doesn't it? I mean, you could make an argument with all goalkeepers without that, really, couldn't you? I mean, Casillas has had Fernando Hierro in front of him, uh, Ivan Helguera, until recently, Varane and Sergio Ramos, considered two of the best centre-backs in the world. Neuer's always had a fantastic defence in front of him. Off on, fuck me, how many legends has he played with? Yeah, Chiellini. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, all goalkeepers, are like them top goalkeepers that are partnered with outstanding defenders. Um, but yeah, no, I think, he, I think he's just below. I think we identified the, today, wasn't that group chat, then with that. Casillas, Buffon, Neuer are probably the top three. But then I think Czech's probably that one just below. Yeah, I think you've got your absolute ultimate, which is those three you just mentioned. And then you've got the tiniest, the narrowest level below. Yeah. And that's what he falls into. And that's mm. your, <clears throat> pardon me, that's your Schmeichel. Mm-hmm. And, and the sorts of like, I would even throw like, sorry, COVID's really kicking in right now. <clears throat> I would I would throw like David Seaman in that category for me with the invincible season. I think yep. he gets forgotten about, but David Seaman was up there and he did it for England as well. He was a great goalkeeper for England. 
apart from that Ronaldinho goal. Oh, <laughs> don't. Which still haunts <laughs> us to this day. I'd, I'd even put in, I know he's been a bit shaky for the last few years, but I'd even consider throwing David De Gea near that region. I yeah. think them, them three or four seasons that he had where he consistently won United Player of the Year, there, there was there was only Neuer that was on his level at that time. Mm. Van der Sar? See, you know what? 100%. We, when I jumped on the Late Night Reds podcast and we did our Greatest United Ever 11, I picked Van der Sar as my goalkeeper. I mean, Champions League winner, United, I mean, Premier League, he, he won it all. I mean, uh, I mean, I think the, the, the sad thing is, we, we, I think Fergie brought him in a, a bit too late. Yeah. I think he tried to get him a few times, didn't he, prior to, to, to when he did arrive, but um, I mean, the years that he gave us were, he was... Would you say that Fulham got his best years, Dale? No, no, no. <laughs> I still think that you got his best years. I think he was outstanding at Fulham, though. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. that's, that's why he came to us. How, how a cl- I mean, no disrespect, but how a club like Fulham managed to get the goalkeeper that Fergie was chasing for years and years and years. Like, how did we allow that to happen? I that Fulham team is like if you think back to the Fulham team that he played for, some of the players that they had back then, that was oh, a yeah. squad. Oh yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I don't think that they'd have been half as good if they didn't have Van der Sar in that. No. What we were talking about there with like good goalkeepers having a good defence in front of him, that's a case where it was an all right defence but backed up by an outstanding goalkeeper. Kind of like David De Gea, really. Yeah. Where we've been shaking at the back for years and De Gea's been the one to keep us in the hunt. Yeah, David De Gea, he's gained you three points in a lot of games. Mm. Oh, God, Jay. Over a season, he's won us 10, 15 points by himself. I mean, it says, it says well, I don't know how much it says, but I, I think he won't play over the season for about two or three years on the bounce, didn't he, at United? Um, I mean, he was, he, he was just ridiculous. The form he, he was in was just, I mean, the saves, he's... Outstanding. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's had a he's had a shaky couple of years recently, hasn't he? But I think there's I think there's signs this season he's starting to piece it back together again. I was about to say that he seems to be. I think Henderson has really like reinvigorated him. Yeah, like, he seems to be a bit more. I mean, I personally blame him for a few goals recently. I think the third one against Leipzig. My brother said it perfectly. If we had Jordan Pickford in there for that game, we don't concede that because David De Gea is a timid and scared goalkeeper still and you need your keeper to come out and just clatter anything in front of them. I think the Ward-Prowse free kick, as good as it was, he dived way too late. Uh, same with the... I mean, the Istanbul game didn't really matter too much um, when we were 4-1 up, but still... Sloppy, sloppy saves, but it does seem better. It does seem a lot better with Henderson being back and giving him competition for once. Yeah, it's like he's he's giving him sort of like a kick up the arse a little bit. Just got, yeah. you know, you've got a genuine. I mean, as good as uh, Romero was, you know he was predominantly going to be used in the cup games. Um, but I say you've got Henderson there, who who was outstanding for. Sheffield United um, last season um, and a genuine 
a, a, young, a young keeper there who's going to, you know, I, I want that number one. I want that number one jersey at United. You know, so, yeah, I think Anderson sort of give him a bit of a kick up the arse and saying, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not up to scratch, mate, I'm going to take it off you. So, I mean, yeah. I, don't get me wrong, he's not, he's not been fantastic this season, De Gea, but he, he does look, he does look better than what he was. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there. He looks a lot better than what he has been. Um, I have to agree with that as well. I think that he's finally being pushed by Henderson. I think Henderson's one for the future, but I think David De Gea is still the number one keeper at United for another year, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, I think the end of this season will be the teller to see whether a PSG, a Madrid... Uh, even a Barcelona because you never know what's going to happen at that club whether they're going to start looking at new goalkeepers you know suddenly a 29-30 year old David Heyer might become very um, might become a very attractive prospect uh, but yeah. completely and what I was going to say is do you reckon we're going to see Petr Cech in the Premier League one last time? I'd like to I would like to I would like to yeah I, I mean it'd be a bit of a slap in the face for is it Mendy, the, the new Chelsea keeper? I don't, I don't think he'll drop him for Mendy, like Mendy for him. But I think if Mendy gets another injury, I mean, he clearly doesn't like Kepa. No, no. Well, why would you like Kepa after some of the howlers we've seen him drop? <laughs> most, what is it? Most expensive goalkeeper of all time, and he's not worth half the amount of money that they paid for him. No, he's worse than Pickford, and that's a bold statement to make. <laughs> I, I, re- I reckon he, he plays him in Chelsea's last home game of the season. Yeah, I can. F- fans fully back in the stadium come May. Yeah. Final game of the season, Petr Cech gets the nod. That'd yeah. be nice, wouldn't it? You deserve yeah. it. I think, I, I think they brought him in, really. It's, been, it's too late to, to obviously get another keeper in. Yeah. A, 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 solid, a solid, you know, number two. Like I say, Kepa's, I don't, I don't know what's up with him, but he's shite. Um, <laughs> that's what's up with him. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, so you know, Czech comes in. That's what I would say. Comes in, plays Chelsea's last home game. Depending on whether they're playing for anything or not, though. Yeah. If it's done or dusted, and you know, the, the guaranteed second or so, I don't know. Not after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed fifth. <laughs> Play, play yeah. the semi-final. I think the, the thing about Petr Cech, on a, just on a last note from me, I've seen a couple of documentaries about him outside of football, and he does a lot for oh, charity. Yeah. And he's got a couple of footballing schools as well, academies that he's set up and paid for himself yeah. to bring through talent, local talent in, uh, I think, is it in uh, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. where he's from? I just think, you know, like, the guy's earned quite a bit of money, I would imagine, over his, over his lifetime. But it's, for him to put it back into football, and he's, he's obviously an intelligent guy. I think he, he plays a couple of musical instruments and stuff like that. Like, he's, he's not just decided to put all of his, his time and effort into, into just being a player. He's giving back as well. And he, he's obviously a nice guy, and everybody's got a lot to say about him outside of football. So if they do bring him back and give him that, that proper send-off, I think it'd just it'd be so nice, wouldn't it, for Lampard to do that for him? Because obviously Lampard played with him. Yeah. But if if the league's not sealed as a manager, there's no way you can do that, unfortunately. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at 4 one Sophie on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4 one Sophie. Thanks. From myself, Lee, Danny, Dale, and Josh, and we'll catch you next time.